1: I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotchy, scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down, down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm.
0: Are you annoyingly even killed? E-methamine could be right for you. I have a disease, all right, I need help! E-methamine lets you get gagged up on whoop chicken parts without yellowing one's teeth. Oh yeah! Contact your doctor today if you experience the following. Oh my god! Increases in blood flow, boost in testosterone, ending of erectile dysfunction. You're naughty. This medicine is made for extreme cases of a
1: ah,
0: come on. Side effects include fits of rage, acne, bleeding in folks around you, whooping cough, hallucinations, comas, trouble swallowing, decrease in semen, increasing amounts of selling yourself, amnesia, night terrors, higher mortgage rates,
2: and increased sensations in not having suicidal urges.
0: Oh my. Hi, this is Eric Limquist, director of 10 Minutes to Midnight, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio.
2: Hi, this is Caroline Williams, the star of 10 Minutes to Midnight's Amy Marlowe, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio.
1: Signaturedhorror.com. That's right, signaturehorror.com. Hey folks, it's your least favorite host in the podcast world, croc, Jonathan Steele.
2: And I'm Elena, your favorite host from the Emerald Isles.
1: Boy do we have a good one for you today. When word got out about this project we are getting ready to talk about, and that this project star, Miss Caroline Williams, was gonna be returning to the DJ booth in the role of Amy Marlowe in the soon-to-be classic movie, 10 Minutes to Midnight. Social media and horror fans alike had a true reason to go absolutely deep shit, but in a good way. This role, as we said, is the first time since her star studying character, Stretch, in the 1986 Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, that she is returning to the DJ booth. In this new release, 10 minutes to midnight, folks will see that this movie is truly character driven night terror that begins when a veteran punk rock DJ, Amy Marlowe, which is played by Caroline Williams, has an interesting start to her final graveyard shift broadcast. This film definitely draws inspiration from classic horror tales brought to life like those stories told by Stephen King or The Twilight Zone and other forgotten late night horror anthology programs. Let's welcome Caroline Williams and director and co-writer Eric Blumquist
2: hey hey
1: and how are excited we excited to be
2: here thank you jonathan
1: hey absolutely so first and foremost and i've been getting bits and i saw the movie which is absolutely wonderful where it has it attributes so many different elements a little bit of stephen king a little bit of twilight zone just several different elements so i want to start off with both of you whoever can take the ball here what was the i should say eric where did the initial concept come from and what made caroline the person to uh do this role (laughs) excuse me
0: um it, it was born out of uh carson and i have a love for old school late night horror anthologies and we wanted to create something that was kind of felt like an extended episode of that and so with the resources we had and kind of pieces of stories you wanted to tell and the desire for an, uh, a female protagonist of an age you don't normally see at the center of horror movies, uh, we just sort of embarked on that and it happened very quickly and Caroline very fortuitously uh, came into our our lives, as it were, and uh, I think... It, do his kismet and we were it, the material just aligned totally with her sensibilities and her sensibilities aligned with the material and i think that it just became a kind of fortuitous marriage that that evolved very quickly um but really beautifully
1: well caroline uh, if i remember this correctly that i saw elsewhere somebody else another actress of your generation
2: passed on the material to you correct Yes. Barbara Crampton. It's, it's actually kind of poetic. Um, Barbara has uh, had a very busy producing and starring career over the last couple of years. She came on board to produce Castle Freak, a remake of Castle Freak, a movie she had starred in previously. And she was first offer for 10 minutes to midnight. Um, I had met, barbara and some other ladies in horror really extraordinary ladies here in la um to have drinks one night at a bar and had a chance to talk and i've never really had a chance to sit down and have an in-depth long-term conversation with barbara we know one another but we don't know one another you know what i'm saying yeah and that evening we really had a chance to uh, get better acquainted and when this whole situation went down And she couldn't do 10 Minutes to Midnight. She said, Eric, this reads like it was written for Caroline Williams. You should offer this to her. And um, it's sort of the antithesis of the female relationship you see uh, as an example in the film. Um, Her generosity is extraordinary. And, and, you know, within two minutes of talking to Eric on the phone, we were planning wardrobe. I mean,
1: we just we just (laughs) leapt
2: into it with both feet.
1: Now, obviously, I chatted briefly with Eric slightly last night, but this is the first full conversation I had with him. Obviously, like you said, that it, it just seemed to fit with Caroline and the story and everything. But what was it like shooting this in Connecticut? Because obviously there was a lot of stage acting involved or stage actors involved. But it also felt like with the character of Amy that... It fits caroline's personality for the little bit i've known her in terms of amy and caroline take no bullshit and they will speak what's on their mind
0: completely uh and, and a lot of that's on the page but a lot of that has just evolved naturally as caroline and i started talking about it more and more with carson and missy DePiro, costume and production designer and amanda pepin who crafted caroline's look for makeup and just Everybody sort of had a, a vantage point on how to understand this woman and bring her to life, and Caroline brought so much of this kind of music component to it and this authenticity with her being acquainted with the artists that she's acquainted with and knowing what that is and the roots that Amy has and the kind of music that she's been trying to play for people and how that sort of links to her, excuse me, heartbeat as a character. So I, th- I think, I mean, that was the beauty of that, and in terms of. Um, having a lot of stage actors or people with stage credits, I think it was really great because we shot this very quickly in seven overnights In some ways it functions kind of like a play Um, and everybody knew everything going in so that we could bounce around and do what we needed to do. Um, And that was, you know, that, that of course is very fortuitous. My, I have my roots in stage acting. So I have a lot of friends in that world and it was just great to be able to draw from that, that talent pool.
1: Well, Caroline, would that assessment I gave Uh, be pretty accurate that not only the character of Amy, but yourself is a, has that Northeast feel to you that you take no bullshit and call it (laughs) as you say, and you call it as you say it.
2: I, I feel like um, she wanted, she was a, she was a DJ who would have loved to have been in the New York city market and just never made it that far. Mm. And, I think Amy, you know, there's a scene between um, Amy and Aaron where he says, "Amy, you know how to talk to people. You know how to bring them out. It's what you do." And on the one hand, she takes no bullshit, but on the other hand, she spent her entire career knowing how to present herself, and it breaks down completely in the scene with Sienna as the ch- her ch- as her metamorphosis begins. And, and that's a bit of, of a difference.
1: It's funny that you mentioned the lines and stuff, but the two that really stood out for me, and I believe that I know one was definitely yours, Caroline, nothing happens, nothing happening is textbook. And amazing how the past year has been, how that line fits, but Mm -hmm. also trusting that warm feeling inside yourself when you're talking Uh to the caller at the end.
0: That always gets Caroline, dude.
2: (laughs) It does. (laughs) It does, I can hear, I can hear the wonderful Alice Kremlberg um, saying that. That's one of the most powerful moments. Sorry. (laughs) You're fine. It gets to me, man. It gets to me every single time. Um, It's one of the most powerful moments in the movie. And it's one of the moments that resonates the most powerfully with the audience. It's not even something scary. The scene is not even something that's scary. It's something that's very, very moving. And it exposes um, how Amy really has felt, how Amy really felt about her past. Um, And, you know, one of the things I also love about the film is Amy does go back into her past. You get to see what she was like and what Bob was like when they were young. And once again, I've got to draw attention to Thompson Wynn's lighting scheme. He lit me in such a way that I look so much younger. I do look like I'm closer to my 20s than my 40s or 50s. Um, His camera angles, the way that all those shots were constructed, it was designed to make absolutely sure that the audience knows Amy is taking a trip back in time and you get to see how she met Bob and she was in love with Bob and Bob was probably in love with her. Mm -hmm. Um, And it turns the me too theme a little bit on its head. It's not what you really expect.
1: Absolutely. But two things uh, as far as uh, when it comes to this movie, And I know you both had said it separately to me in conversation, but I know it's, and folks go see a 10 minutes to midnight, whether it be written on digital or streaming or however you see your movies nowadays, me and Caroline, before we started recording, actually we're talking about this about viewing of movies and such, but. Oh yeah. What would this also be available on DVD?
0: it will be come spring we don't have a date yet we are going to have a blu-ray and dvd release with some really cool bonus features that caroline hasn't even seen yet so um she's in some of them well we have some we have some cool featurettes based on interviews that she gave with some and some bts looks and uh caroline carson and i did a commentary back in october that'll be on there and some news clips from when we were shooting so there's some neat stuff on there and obviously uh Physical media is a big thing for this genre and we want it to be a little bit of a, you know, for what we can be something that people want to collect. So hopefully people will grab it and we'll definitely be pushing that out once we have a a date.
1: We'll definitely be getting a copy, physical copy myself. I actually just built a whole new cabinet for uh, all my movies. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Yeah, when I had this, the beginning of this blizzard so that we had uh, over, over the weekend. But final question when it comes to the movie for both of you. And, you know, actually, I want to bring this up, too, if Eric, if you can. Mm-hmm. What is it about people from Connecticut having a strong <laughs> ties to uh, the film industry, yourself and Sean Cunningham and such?
0: What is it about? I mean, for me, I like to make most of my stuff in Connecticut because uh, I think it's in a nice little pocket between major markets. But the mystique. Yes. The mystique is there. The mystique is here uh, still. People aren't desensitized necessarily, so I like to live in that world. And I thought, I mean, Caroline can speak to this too, just sort of coming in from, from L.A. and landing in Connecticut and just spending nights sort of enveloped in this little world away from it all. We sort of had a sense of ownership about where we are, and it was this little secret that we would go and do at night, and it was it was, it was just ours, And I thought that was the most beautiful thing about it. We'd go and walk the radio station, go to, go to Walmart at three o'clock in the morning to go shopping for a hotel room.
1: And <laughs> yes.
0: to, me, to me, that's the beauty of being able to do that is it's, you can sort of feel like a kid going on an adventure again. At least that was, what was it for me? I don't know. I hopefully Caroline had a similar experience.
2: Oh, I, I, I developed a, an absolute romance with Connecticut. Um, Connecticut is, I mean, compared to California, it's ancient and it's filled with ghosts and ghost stories and incredibly old cemeteries. And I marveled at the lesson in history that I got just from walking and touring the boys, uh, Eric and Carson, drove me around all over the place. Um, I, my cousin came to visit me, um, from Baltimore. He drove up on his way to visit friends in Massachusetts and he drove me to some remarkable places. Um, I also fell completely under the spell of mystic Connecticut. Yeah, and we cool. went on a ghost walk, Eric and Carson and I went on a ghost walk through mystic Connecticut and that that was, town absolutely captured my heart um, and scared the hell out of me because (laughs) it is an ancient place compared to the newness of LA. Everything is new. They tear everything down here and build something new. But in Connecticut, there's a reverence for tradition and history and ghosts and the ghosts are there and they're real and it just added to the entire spirit of the experience. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Nicholas Tucci lives there. Uh, A couple of the other players are from New York, but you know, that's American history was born in the Northeast. That was the original 13 colonies. So I I just, I was so enamored of it. I fell in love with it. Fell in love with it. Can't wait to come back.
1: Well. The initial question I was going to ask there before I forgot or brought in about Connecticut, the reaction to this movie from fans so far, from the live tweeting to just everything involved, what's the reaction been for you guys?
0: Largely pretty good, right, Caroline?
2: I I feel that there's been a total embrace of the film. People have fallen in love with it. They want to see it a second time. They want to watch their friends, watch it, you know, they want to introduce it to their family members and coworkers. I mean, it's almost like a little culty, you know, corner in, in horror right now. And I love having that sense of identity with the fans and the fact that they identify so heavily with the film. It's, it's been the most rewarding part of the experience. You always hope that you will have a hit that, 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 that critics will embrace your work. I can tell you just from my career trajectory, which has been remarkably slow, that doesn't happen very often. No. And the fact that it's happening here and now is so, it's just so heartwarming. its It's been the best experience of my career since 1986.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> folks,
0: go ahead, Eric. No, no, I was going to say that melts my heart. That's, that's, may, may the, may the journey for this movie continue and continue and continue.
1: So, obviously, in nowadays, word of mouth is big deal. So, folks, make sure you go out and see 10 minutes to uh, midnight, however you can, whether you get the DVD when it comes out in the spring or you get it virtually or digitally and all the other outlets that it's available at now. So thank you know you guys. all the all of
0: the above, and leave a
1: review. <laughs> yes, five star review, folks.
2: Uh, please, we would love that.
0: Not all football helmets are created equal. Zenith, the industry leader in protective technology, is the only helmet in the game with adaptive head protection featuring a shock suspension system that can move independently from the helmet shell. Headquartered and developed in Detroit, Zenith is committed to player safety and revolutionary innovation. Zenith is proud to protect athletes at every level from Pee Wee to the pros. Learn more about the Zenith difference at zenith.com. That's X-E-N-I-T-H dot com. Hey, it's me Bill Moseley and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. Ride that crazy train and happy Halloween.